following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. I want to start today's message with a confession. And the confession is this. I love American Christmas. I know that's not necessarily a really controversial thing to say, but I mean, I don't just love Christmas. I love all that over-romanticized stuff. I love all the kitsch and all the nostalgia. When I think of Christmas, I still have this picture in my head, sort of like a scene from the, the movie A Christmas Story. You see, Advent is uh, the traditional season, season of waiting and anticipation, but it's, it's not the kind of waiting that waits for the last Thanksgiving dinner dish to be cleared away so you can put on that Christmas music playlist. Not a moment before, people. <laughs> not a moment before. It's not, it's not the waiting for Christmas morning when you run downstairs and rip open the presents, or for some of us who are... Uh, getting some gray hair it's, uh, for watching our kids rip open their Christmas presents. It's not even the waiting for those little pieces of crappy two-cent chocolate in a so-called Advent calendar. <laughs> and really, all of those things are totally okay. Uh, the last thing I'm interested in doing is being another voice railing against whatever Christmas has become culturally in America. But that's not the kind of thing that we are waiting for in the context of the season of Advent. The waiting that we enter into during Advent is distinctly Christian. It is purely a faithful, spiritual exercise. And that is why I need it. So the season of Advent begins today, and we're going to do two things during the next four weeks during Advent. The first thing that we're going to do is spend some time with the traditional Bible readings for this time of year. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that the season of Advent for the, on the Christian calendar marks the new year, and so um, happy new year to the church calendar nerds. And um, you may not know this, but all year round there, there's a, a, season, uh, a series of readings. Actually, it goes on a three-year cycle. It's called the lectionary, and some of you know this. We've talked about it a lot here over the years. But for some of you hearing that word for the first time, the lectionary is very simply a, an assigned set of readings for each Sunday, all year round, on a three-year cycle. And we tend to try to live in the lectionary during special high seasons of the church year, like Advent. And so we're going to look at some, or in, in a few cases, probably all of the lectionary passages for the weeks of Advent. That's the first thing we're going to do. Um, by the way, I would love, love, love to have other voices reading these texts. And so we need some people who will volunteer to read during the season of Advent, especially, because there's lots of reading that we're going we're to have lots of Scripture read aloud. And so if I'm a person who's talked to you in the past about doing Bible readings, please do what Grant did this morning, which is to come up and say, hey, do you have any Bible readings for me to do? Grant's going to read one in the next few weeks. Um, but we're going to need at least half a dozen more. And so if you're a person who is comfortable with that, likes to read out loud, we would love to have your voice um, reading Scripture. I see that hand. Thank you. Uh, so please contact me. But today we're going to look at two 
uh, of the passages that are assigned for the season of Advent for the first week of Advent in what happens to be year C. Not that you care. Um, The first one (laughs) is the Old Testament reading from the book of Jeremiah. And if you would like to follow along, we do have Bibles provided for you in the center sections there in the seat pockets in front and the wings there underneath your chair. And if you're using a red Bible, it's page 645. If you're using your own Bible that you brought with you, presumably you are uh, able to find Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16. If you don't own a Bible and would like to own one, please take a red one home with you today and uh, write your name in it, and it will be yours. Here's the Old Testament reading for the first week of Advent. Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called, The Lord is Our Righteousness. That's the Old Testament reading for today. And I'd like to jump immediately to the New Testament reading, which is from Luke 21. You may have expected the New Testament reading to be from the first part of Luke to hear a Christmas story, but remember, we're not there yet. Luke 21 deals with something very different in time. And this is an odd passage. I will tell you right away, it's an odd passage, and I will apologize in advance that we are not going to uh, dig into it and exegete it today. Um, But I'll I'll explain where it fits in a minute. Luke 21, 25 through 36, and in, in these Bibles, the editors have put in a heading, The Coming of the Son of Man. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you will know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on your guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The word of the Lord. There you go. (laughs) So here's the thing you have to understand. If you really want to get Advent in a classical, traditional way is that we live in the era of history that is perched between two advents. Christ's coming into the world at the first Christmas, which was prophesied in the Old Testament passage that we read, and Christ's second coming into the world 
at the last days when everything concludes that's the second advent and we live at a time in history when one is in the past and one is in the future and so we reach into the past to that Jeremiah passage to anticipate and celebrate his first coming which is Christmas and then we reach into the future to anticipate and celebrate his second coming which is sounds kind of terrifying actually and in the traditional sense of observing the season of Advent we do both both directions and this can be a complicated thing anticipation and celebration this is what I mean reaching into the past how do you anticipate something that has already happened you can celebrate it maybe reaching into the future how do you celebrate something that has not yet happened you can anticipate it maybe and yet we do both with both and that is the mystery of advent that's the the wonder that we embrace at this time of year and we are totally okay with mystery at artisan the world is a mysterious place God's story of salvation is, is uh, though it is in some ways very clear to us it is in other ways very mysterious and so I want to keep your brains and your hearts churning on that odd tension that we live in that the most momentous occasion in all of history has already happened but that God is not yet finished writing the story of the world's history that's the tension that needs to churn in your brains and in your hearts today and for the next four weeks as we celebrate the season of Advent. That's the witness of the biblical readings that were assigned for today, the first Sunday of Advent. So those readings are the first thing that we're going to do during Advent. I said there were two things, though. The second thing is this. We're going to do something called Advent Conspiracy. Uh, you've been looking at those words on the screen for 20 or more minutes now, which means I should go quickly for the second half <laughs> of uh, this message. But we did Advent Conspiracy a few years back, and it was an incredible experience, so we decided to do it again. Now, many of you were here when we did Advent Conspiracy before. Many of you were not. I'd say it's probably about half and half, actually. And so the first thing I'd like to do is show you uh, a video for Advent Conspiracy, and uh, this will give you the beginning of what's going on. Can you all see if I just sit here? Am I, my head going to block your view of the screen? Okay. Go ahead and roll that for us, Avila.
I don't know how many times I've watched that video over the years. It still kind of hits me every time. Um, so, Advent Conspiracy, uh, you, you saw that it, that it has four themes. Worship fully, spend less, give more, love all. Those are the four themes of Advent Conspiracy. And uh, we're going to talk about one of them today, and we'll talk about one of them each week. But there's also, in addition to the four themes, there's one goal. And the goal is to do some real good in the world. And uh, as the video said, and if, if you're listening to this on the podcast and you just heard that music, you have no idea what's going on, um, I will do my best to remember to post that video, link to it at least, from our website. So if you want to go to the series page for Advent Conspiracy, you can find it there. Um, and I'll put it on Facebook and Twitter, too. But you, as the video said, you, you, you sort of hinted at, at what the goal is. The goal is to, to take the money that you don't spend on some of those gifts and to give it to, uh, specifically to clean water initiatives. And we at Artisan have a f- now fairly long-standing relationship with a wonderful charity called the Ugandan Water Project, based um, right here in this part of New York. I say Rochester, but, you know, they're actually down in the boonies a little bit. Um, and uh, the Ugandan Water Project is a, just a wonderful, efficient, effective uh, water charity. And they, they install rainwater collection tanks on the sides of schools and churches and buildings in Uganda. It turns out that, um, and I don't have to tell any of you about the, the, the pure water crisis in places like Africa, um, but in, in some places it's a, a problem be, because of, um, um, thank you, the D word that's dry, drought, yes. Um, it's not the case in Uganda. Uganda actually gets a great deal of rain, but, but they don't really have means to use that water, and so it stands and becomes unsanitary. So the Uganda Water Project very simply installs large rainwater collection tanks on the sides of buildings, and it drains the gutters off into the tank, puts a nozzle on the tank with a filter on it, and the, the water is clean and drinkable. And one of these tanks uh, can provide clean water, drinking water for hundreds of people in a village, uh, and they last 30-plus years. That's a lot more. In Uganda, it's a lot more effective a way to deal with the water crisis than digging a well would be. And so... Um, those four themes dovetail with the one goal nicely. So we're going we're gonna to ask you, we'll talk about worship fully in just a minute. We're going to ask you to, to spend less and give more. And so what we're going to ask you to do is spend less on typical Christmas presents and give more uh, of relational presents, but also give more money to something that's really, 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 really important. Um, and the way that we specifically are going to do that is this. I think the most commonly given present these days is a gift card. This is not a real gift card, so don't try to steal it. <laughs> and um, depending on your financial station in life, it, it might be a $25 gift card. It might be 10 $25 gift cards. It might be a $100 gift card. It might be that you and your brothers and sisters go together on one $25 gift card. $25 gift card. Um, what we're going to ask everybody at Artisan to do is to buy one less stupid gift card. 
I, I mean, I like gift cards. I like getting them. But it's, it's not the most... You, you give the gift cards to the people you're kind of like, I don't know what to get that person, right? Don't you? <laughs> not everybody, but, you know... Not, so let's say this. Not all the gift cards you give are stupid, but at least one of them is. <laughs> is that fair to say? So buy all the meaningful ones you want, but give at least one less stupid one. Um, and, and not to be too glib about this, I'm actually asking you to change your practice of Christmas. I'm actually asking you to do that. It may be in a very small way, but I'm asking you to change your practice of Christmas. Um, and here's what's going to happen. Um, I did a little math. These rainwater collection tanks, this is not to scale, um, they cost $3,500 to install. And if you divide $3,500 by, $3, by $25, you get 140 Now, we have uh, easily 200 people who come in and out of this place every other week or so. If we all did this together, we would install a rainwater collection tank in Uganda like that. And of course, some of us are going to give more than $25 to this. Um, so what we have is these, these little cards that represent one of your $25 gift cards. And on the back, they have a droplet of water. There's some of them on the communion table here. You'll see them when you come up. I'm also going to put this board up on this easel over here. And so after we get finished with this message, and you're taking communion, you can either grab one from there, or if you'd like to, if you're not going to take communion but you want to do this, or if you'd like to come over here after this, these are just taped on. You can take them right off. I'm going to ask you to take one home with you if you are committing to do this. Stick it in your pocket. When you get home, you'll be taking your stuff out of your pockets, you'll see it, and uh, you'll immediately know what to do, which is one of the following three things, depending on how you give money. One, you can go to your Dave Ramsey charity envelope and pull out the, the dollars, 25 or whatever it is, put it in an envelope, mark it Advent Conspiracy, and uh, stick it with your keys or whatever and bring it back, put it in the offering with an envelope. You can do the same thing with a check if you're like my grandmother. Um, <coughs> I'm going to write a check, so just shut up, okay? <laughs> mark it Advent Conspiracy in the memo so we know where to direct the funds. And uh, you can also give online at artisanchurch.com slash giving. You can do this from anywhere in the world. Uh, you go to that web address, artisanchurch.com slash giving. If you don't already have an account, there's a very quick account set up. And then once you get into the giving portal, there's a drop-down menu to tell, you, to tell us which fund you'd like it to go to. Just mark it Advent Conspiracy. Mark the amount you're giving, and it'll go right there automatically. Every dime that we get appropriated to Advent Conspiracy is going to go to the Ugandan Water Project. And we are going to install water tanks, plural, in Uganda this year. I don't want to... I don't want to scare you or anything, but when we did this, what was it, four years ago now? The tanks cost $3,000. They were a little cheaper then. Um, and we were really hoping we'd do one, and we raised like $7,000, so we had to install two. That was four years ago, guys. Um, 
They're a little more expensive now, so I'm not going to say anything specific, but I think I'm going to have to make another one of those boards, at least one more. All right, so when you come in next week, whatever has already been given online, we're going to flip those little things over. You're going to see that start to fill up with water droplets, okay? And um, very soon into Advent, we're going to fill one of them up, and then we're going to get started on the next one, okay? Uh, This is some of the most important work we can do together as a church, and I've said it so many different times in so many different ways. You guys are some of the most generous people I know. You just give and give and give, and... You know, we're always asking you to give to stuff, and some of it's related to our ministry right here, and very often it's related to our ministry in the city or our ministry overseas, and you just never stop giving. It's so wonderful to see that, and I, I hope and pray that you are blessed by your generosity. That's Advent Conspiracy. We're going to revisit that each week, and actually in the third week of this series, you're going to hear from my friend, Uh, James Harrington, who's the founder of the Ugandan Water Project. He'll be here. I'm sure he will bring pictures of the communities that have been impacted by our giving in in the past, and uh, you'll get to see lots and lots of stuff about that. So don't miss any of these, but especially not the one on December 16th. Okay, that's the big picture. Let me very quickly just talk about worship fully, because um, even people who can get on board with this charitable stuff might think, worship fully, I'm not into that. I'm not one of those religious people. I'm just here because a friend brought me or because I'm curious or because I heard the coffee was good. And the worship part I don't quite get. So let me say this to you. We have to begin our season of Advent with the end of the season of Advent in mind. We are anticipating the coming of Christ and celebrating it. The one in the past and the one in the future. And what happens at both of those things is worship. The first Advent way back when, ended with people and angels bowing down to worship baby Jesus. This is found in Luke 2. I'm not even going to read this passage. If you'd like to look it up, uh, you know, I think I probably put the page number up there. But you've all seen a nativity set, right? What are the people doing? They are centered around Jesus and worshiping him. We don't have nativity sets for the second nativity, for the, for the second advent, uh, they would be very weird if we did, because some of that stuff is pretty bizarre. <laughs> lots, of, lots of metaphors. Um, the second advent ends in the same way, though. Let me just read this to you really quickly. Revelation. By the way, it's just one revelation. It's not revelations. You just learned Bible stuff. All right? This is what happens at the, at, at the culmination of everything, the second advent. Chapter 5, 11. This is John's apocalyptic vision. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne into the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. That is worship. There was worship at the first advent. There's worship at the second advent. And it's in worshiping Him that we are able to stretch our souls back along those ancient paths where the good way lies. 
to when he was the object of the worship of the Magi and the angels and the shepherds. And it's in worshiping him that we reach into the future when Christ will make all things new and wipe away every tear from our eyes, when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. And we grab that future and as best we can, we pull it toward us into the present. Living in that tension, what happens in the middle is worship. We express the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, the way the prayer says, when we worship Jesus. That is what it looks like. See, we so desperately long. I mean, did you hear some of these prayer requests of impossible situations, of brokenness and pain that we can't even fathom, let alone cope with? We so desperately long for a time when there will be peace, when everything will be renewed, when our brokenness will be made whole, when our sickness will be cured, when hunger and thirst will be no more, when justice will roll down over all the earth. It's our job, standing perched between these advents, to make those things a reality as much as we can today. But it's also our job to bow before the King of Kings in worship in the here and now. It began with worship. It will end with worship. And for us, it must start with worship. And that's why in, in the midst of all these other great themes that maybe make more sense in the context of our project, of our goal, that's why worship fully is where we have to start. And my time is up. <laughs> but here's a question for you to ponder as you come to communion, as you go to the board and grab some cards, and for you to ponder this week as you're trying to live in Advent. Here's a question for you. We get worship. I hope that I've just explained to you why that matters, but what does it mean to worship him fully? Let's pray. Almighty God, you have given us so much. We are grateful for the first coming of Jesus, for that advent of incarnation, when Christ, who was God, deigned to become a human being, and when everything changed, we give thanks, we anticipate that as we approach Christmas and we celebrate it. And we also give thanks and anticipate, and as best we can, celebrate that mysterious ending of things, that second advent. And as we stand perched in the middle of those two, it is our prayer that our efforts and work would make a real difference in bringing about your kingdom, in making that future of peace and perfection when hunger and thirst are no more, making that future more real in our present. Bless and multiply the giving that the people of Artisan Church will do over the next four weeks. It would truly be doing the work of justice in Uganda. We pray, Lord, during this season of Advent that we would enjoy the American Christmas because there's nothing wrong with that, but also that we would remember the spiritual, faithful Christian meaning uh, of this season and we would anticipate these things 
and your love would bathe us all. We pray these things in the name of Christ who came and will come again. Amen. Uh, We'll continue to worship him in song. And while we're doing that, our communion table is open. It is open to all who seek to follow Jesus today in this place. And you can take the bread and dip it in the wine or the juice. Um, Please do involve your children in that if if you'd like to. And uh, if you're going to do it, um, I've gone long, and so they're desperate for them, for, for the parents to go get them just now. The teachers, I mean, are desperate. <laughs> so please go and get them as quickly as you can uh, and send my apologies to them. Uh, but the table is open. Continue to worship God in whatever way you may sense the Spirit speaking to you. Uh, and let's worship Him together. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.